Greetings. Hello, friends on the internet near and far. Uh, thank you for downloading this episode of Parks and Conversation. We are a rewatch and talk about podcast. There are so many of these. What's one more? Am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? And we're going to talk about the classic NBC sitcom, Parks and Recreation. And my name is Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going so well. You know, we're back in the swing of things with uh, school and distance learning and all of that. Uh, and it seems like it seems like it's going to work for a bit. How's it going for you over there? Oh, same, same. A- and it's raining, which is good. Right. So you can't even send the children outside for recess. We couldn't do that anyway with the COVID and the smoke and now the rain. So why why change things? Yeah, you know, just hunker down and uh, we'll uh, we'll get through it. We'll okay. get through it. So today we're going to talk about uh, season two, episode 13, The Assistant, or The Setup. It's called The Setup. Uh, there's so many storylines in this episode. Uh, I got one confused. So this one is called The Setup. And the basic premise is Leslie, after her uh, breakup with Officer Dave, is ready to get back into the dating market and, or dating scene. Scene would be better. Uh, and so she asks Anne to help set her up. And the first date is an experience. A dating market, I think, would just be sad. Like, I like think a, so too. Like a Pike's Place market full of lonely people. And like people wanting to see somebody throw fish and like, but nobody actually wants to buy the fish. So they're just all standing there. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a middle school dance. So um, so that's the main story is the Leslie story. And then we also have an undercurrent because Anne uh, has a friend named Justin who is great at so many things. He's a lawyer and Anne uh, refuses to set Leslie up with Justin. So that creates, just creates some tension. But then also Ron is having trouble with the public. And he needs an assistant. And so that creates a storyline for Ron and for Tom and for April. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening in this episode. It seems like everybody except Donna and Jerry have major advances in their story in this episode. It's true. But, you know, you can't have you can't have all nine people be engaged in every episode. Otherwise, it would be The Lord of the Rings. And those are very long movies. So. I'm for it. The I am Lord, too. I love the Lords of I Parks and Recreation. They should just go on a journey. All, all nine of them. <laughs> I, I can and, get on board with that and fight orcs. Who would be Legolas? Uh, that's a good question. I would say, <laughs> I was going to say John Ralphio, but, uh, we need, <laughs> we need someone just a little bit more stoic than that. Um, oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, it uh, on obviously, uh, Chris Traeger. No, oh man, Chris, Chris could be Chris could be be Legolas. Sure, yeah. Legolas was like really awesome. Like he was active, but he was also just like just kind of stood there, like stone faced. Like he didn't really interact very much. I felt like. Well, yeah, but he was never. He was he was probably the most optimistic. So that's why I would go with Chris. Yeah, even though you know we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Our our listeners have not watched 
anything with Rings? Chris yet. Okay. So okay. I don't know what we're talking about. So we don't want to get too far ahead. And also, thank you for downloading our shows. And uh, be sure to rate and review them on the iTunes or the Google Play or the Spotify or however you do that. Tell people about it. And uh, yeah, so thank you for downloading and listening to us jibber jabber. So this is podcast sponsored by us. Yeah. So far, that's it. <laughs> so, okay. Moving on. Okay. So the, the episode opens with Ron coming to Leslie and Anne, who are in the reception area of the parks reception area of the parks department. And she's, he says, we have a problem. The original owner is suing the city. He thinks he got ripped off. Um, and then he hands them the file with the information. And then subtly, I don't know if you caught this. He walks away. He doesn't sit at all to listen to anybody talk about anything. He just gives it to the thing. And then he just kind of sneaks away. Classic yeah. Ron. Yeah. Give it to and, your number one. Like Leslie here. She'll, she'll handle it anyway. Yes. Yes. Is, it was well, so and great. She's, in, she's in charge. I mean, it's lot 48. It's her, it's her baby. It's her project. Yeah. So I thought that was just so brilliant. And I, I this is the first time I've noticed that he just kind of how he slinks away is just like, this is perfect. Nailed it, guys. Um, and so they start talking about this lawsuit and and going like, oh, what are we going to do? And so Anne says, my friend Justin is a lawyer. He can help us out. Oh, that'd be great. So that's cool. And then it cuts over to Ron, who snuck back into his own office. Um, and he's just sitting there. And a, a gentleman comes in and he says, I want to talk to you about the amount of snow in the parks, um, <laughs> which is like, oh, OK, like it's his fault that there how much snow is in the parks. Right. Um, and so Ron then cuts to a talking head and he's like, I uh, used to never have anybody talk to me. But now um, because of a dumb, stupid public initiative, I have the public coming and talking right to me. Um, and so people complain about the amounts of benches in Rancid Park and they just say, I want to sit more. Um, a lady brings her terrible pottery. She says, I made this in your, one of your parks department pottery classes. And he's like, Oh, okay. It's terrible. And she throws it on the ground and smashes it. Like it's his fault that it's terrible. So many great, so many great things. I love the lady who was talking about how she, she, another thing that she really likes. So it's like, she's been going on and on is the layout of the trails. So she, she's just been boring Ron with nothing. It's great. Yeah. This is, and Ron says, this is my hell. Like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to him. Do you know who's the guy on TV? I, I, I wrote the question down and then didn't look it up because I wanted to ask this for, to waste time. Um, who's the guy on TV, like the government uh, TV guy that takes the phone calls from people? Do you know what I'm talking about? On C-SPAN? Yeah. Who's like, like that, that's what I feel like Ron, like that would be his hell. Like all these people call it. I don't even know what that show is, but that guy is just the most even keel nut jobs call in. And he's just like, yeah, yep. Okay. That's a great point. Next. Like, and people just <laughs> yell at him. Oh, that's the, that's the show. And like, I would love to be, I just want to have that job for a day just to see how Are long I lasted. Bill Scanlon. Sure. <laughs> so the show, if I'm reading this right, I don't spend a lot of time watching C-SPAN. Uh, it's called open phones. Yeah. Yes. And, and he just, so like, I'm, I just pulled it up. I, I'm not wired in to play this well. Um, but, uh, yeah, Bill Scanlon host and, uh, the website is not going anywhere. So, uh, 
host on C-SPAN with 2,703 videos in the C-SPAN video archive. The first appearance was in 2008, Colin. So yeah, you're, I think you're talking about that guy. Uh, and yeah, he doesn't, yeah, totally. he doesn't answer any questions, right? He just takes the call. It's like, all no. right, thank you. Next call. He's just a sponge for like the public's anger. Like, it's just people <laughs> just call in and yell at him and he's not, he can't do anything about it. It's like the worst job in the world. Like who decided, you know what, buddy? Like who did he make angry to have that job? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it is a, I don't, know, a I government don't know. controlled, um, or it's kind of, it's, it's government-funded, government-controlled, neutral broadcasting is the intention of C-SPAN. Um, sure. So, yeah, so somebody, maybe Mitch McConnell, he got Mitch McConnell real mad. And Mitch is like, well, this is what I'm going to have to say to you. You're the guy who's going to take the phone calls now. Um, that's my Mitch McConnell impersonation. And that's uh, good. Yeah, thank you. I, I, didn't, I didn't call him. He just, that was me. Um, yeah, so... That yeah, that would be the worst, and Ron would probably melt if that were happening to him. Yeah. So yeah, I just I had to bring that up. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's it's worth a watch for a little while, and then you just feel bad for him. Like you can physically see, like he's he's put his soul somewhere else for the time being, just because he's 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 <laughs> void. He's just mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you know though, if, so then if you know your job is I'm not going to fix anything. I'm just going to yeah. sit here and listen to crazy. Then. Sure. I bet the job gets a lot easier. Right. If you're just like, I, I can't fix you. So, so if he's not responding, he's just like, I'm just going to let these people have their say and then I'll get paid. And, uh, and then someday I will retire from this and, uh, I'll just listen to my cats. Yeah. And then I'll call in <laughs> to the next guy. Yeah. And maybe and that guy goes off. That'd be great. He's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Next caller. This is your government. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, um, so then it cuts to the credits after Ron's like, this is my hell. And uh, comes back. Anne is bringing lunch into the office for Tom and Leslie. And Tom's got a super low carb Caesar salad with nothing on it other than lettuce and chicken. And then Anne brings Leslie a sandwich. Um, that is on pumpernickel and it has olive juice and it's just disgusting. And Anne's like, wow, it's really nice that they named a sandwich after you, Leslie. And he's like, yeah, I wish I liked it. So that's gross. Um, it's just sad. She wanted something named after her and she went for the worst possible sounding sandwich ever. Cause there's it's no more the ingredients note. left. Right. Like they've all like, been taken by other sandwiches. Like, what's left? What what other co- what terrible combinations can we make here? Yeah, and what what would inspire somebody to put olive juice on a sandwich? I don't know. That, that is that, that was what's left. That really Someone bothers had already me. Already taken pickle juice. Well, pickle juice. I, I don't know. I've I've heard people like pickle juice. You can go to the store and buy pickle juice right now. You shouldn't. But oh, you could. Okay. <laughs> See ya. Uh, <laughs> okay, bye. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like that would be a sandwich ingredient. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. That's what I'm saying. And There's I don't none buy left. It. Like, like the good ones, all the good ones were gone. Like the leftover tuna fish salad juice. Like that's, so somebody already took that. <laughs> <laughs> so gross, dude. Uh, uh, everything about what just- you just said, like made my whole stomach go <laughs> upside down. Like you're welcome. 
Like, I don't know if I'm going to throw up or if I have diarrhea. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> it could go so, either way. Literally. <laughs> I hope, I hope not. Um, uh, Justin but, is played by Justin Thoreau. Yeah. Guess, so well, Ju- Justin shows up, right? Yeah. In a minute, you're going, you're going way too fast here, sir. Cause Leslie is missing Dave. This is what gets the whole thing going. Dave left in the last episode. He was going to San Diego to serve our country. And then, and so she's got a picture that Leslie's got a picture that she stole from the police department. And, um, and then, Anne asks her about it. It's like, yeah, I really miss him. And she's like, I, and it's like, let me set you up. Let me, let me get you a, a, a new boyfriend, somebody to get your mind off of Dave. Um, and so Leslie's like, I don't know. And we'll see. So, uh, so that's cuts from there. And then come, April's coming in. It's after 10. She's late to work. And Jerry, first thing he says to her is the printer is out of paper. And that's the only thing you do. And so. um, Whoa, Jerry, calm down, dude. Yeah. Jerry is very sassy in this episode. So I don't know where where the sassafras comes from, but he needs to knock it down a notch. He should smile more. And uh, later. What? He'll smile. He'll smile later. When in this episode? No, no, later in this in the seasons because he's not he's not super sassy like this later on. So no, I, I think they're like, still trying to they're still trying to figure Jerry out a little bit. I guess, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But he was definitely not very nice in this episode. No. So uh, as Le- uh, April is like putting paper in one sheet at a time, not even poorly. Yeah, like all askew. Uh, Ron comes out and he's like, "Everybody, listen to me." April, stop what you're doing. Uh, and he says, I need a, everybody to help me right now. I'm, I need to hire an assistant. And he gives a, uh, April the job description uh, for an assistant to, to post at her college. And the job description is a single piece of paper with these words, job, assistant to a man, low pay, apply at the parks department. Yeah. That's all it says. <laughs> I'm sold. Like, this looks like a application for a serial killer. Um, so... Uh, and then Tom's like, whoa, you get an assistant. He's like, I've always had one. I didn't want one because it's a waste of money. Uh, and over the past eight years, I've saved the taxpayers $150,000. But now I need the taxpayers' money to protect me from the taxpayers. And I, that made me laugh so hard. Because he's looking right at the camera and like, he's like, you guys, tax people, pu- the public, I don't want to talk to you. Um, which <laughs> is like, great. I, I deserve it. Like he's justifying the fact like I don't want to talk to these people because I've saved them so much money. So I shouldn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He's so set in his ways that nothing, nothing can deter him. So, um, so then Leslie, uh, Justin Thoreau comes in and he is playing Justin, the lawyer, Anne's friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, they, he meets, uh, Leslie and, uh, she's like, what kind of law do you do? Civil lawsuits and st- that kind of stuff. And uh, she's like, oh, I'd love to hear more about your cases. Talks about fire in a can, which she's like, she loves. And she starts singing the jingle and all this stuff. And, still, and he's like, don't buy that. And it's a blowtorch used to warm up baby bottles. Uh, so it's like, oh, yikes. Which, you know, you look at the television, even in real world television. And there are some products where you're like, why is that a thing that you want people to to get? Like, Who needs that? Blowtorch for baby bottles. So I lost you. I lost you for a second. Could have been me. You did? Yeah. Oh. Well, I never lost me. So Okay. <laughs> well, Were you saying anything and all that? No, no, I wasn't. I went to go get pickle juice. 
Oh, delicious. Yeah. Delicious, okay. delicious pickle juice. Well, so I was just talking about the blowtorch and the baby bottle. I felt like I was right there. Okay. Um, and uh, and so Tom instantly has a man crush on Justin. He's like, mm-hmm. wow, you're you're really rocking that suit. And he's like very interested in how Justin's dressing. Um, as, you know, and Tom is a uh he's a clothes uh a fan of clothes. He's a closey. I don't know. Like a foodie is somebody who likes food. Is a closey somebody who likes clothes? No. Okay. Well, a sartorialist to call him then. Sartorialist, sure. Is, All right. is that a thing? Yeah. I don't know what that is. But he bought his suit right off the rack at Banana Republic. So yeah, he's like, boom. Extra I know. Small. I know clothes. Yeah. So um, yeah. So then it cuts to April, and she's at the shoe shine place, and Andy is polishing her purse. Free of charge. Free of charge. Free of charge. And she's like, I was late because I had to watch Swim Fan because it was on. Um, And I get it. uh, And she's just like, I can't understand why anybody is so mad. And I can't can't wait till my internship's over so I can get out of here. Um, And she's just, you know, there's a huge shift that happens in April's perspective um, in this episode. Um, So. Uh, she tells Andy that he should start selling his CD at the shoe shine stand. And she's like, he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So, um, and then <laughs> he's like, I've been singing, writing a lot of songs lately about shoe shining. And he's singing about talking about writing about what he's doing. He starts singing that song about how he's writing his song. And uh, April is just like, he, he, the look on April's face is like, he's dumb, but adorable. Right. So, um, yeah. Also there is Kyle. Kyle's there. Kyle's always there. Kyle's always there. He has the most scuffed up shoes in Pawnee. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, is it every day for him? Is he, um, like some people, you know, they go to the same coffee shop every day and likely it's because caffeine is an addictive substance and they keep coming back for more. Mm-hmm. Is he addicted to shoe shine f- fumes? I'd hate to see his shoe shine budget. Yeah. I mean, what's. What's the real cost here, Kyle? Yeah. What's the real cost? Um, and so dignity, as we find out later. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh yeah, so Andy's got the great idea, gonna sell his CDs. He's pretty excited. Cuts back to the parks department, and Anne comes in and she's so excited to see Justin and hugs him and is like, we should get dinner. And he's like, I can't today, super busy. And then uh we realize that the way the way the camera work is here is like we it is revealed to us that Mark was there too. Mm-hmm. And Anne failed to introduce Mark to Justin. Um, and even when Mark does introduce himself to Justin, he's like, hey, I'm Mark. And Anne says, he's the city planner. Right. Doesn't say, this is my boyfriend. It's like, he's the city planner. And you can see Mark is like, well, that's weird. Hmm. Bizarre uh, way to introduce somebody. Um and then especially if he hadn't been the city planner. Right. That would have been a real problem. Um, and so uh Justin has to go because he's a super busy lawyer guy. So he leaves and and Leslie get together and she's like, Yeah, I'm ready to get set up. Set me up with one of your friends. And and Anne's like, All right, I'm totally on this. And she's like, What about Justin? And Anne's like, No, no, I don't think that'll work. That's not a good idea. Um because you're and, great and he's great, but yeah, I just don't see it. 
Yeah. Two negatives make a positive, so two positives would make a negative. Uh, Doi. Honey math. Um, so, so she's like, all right, I'll, I'll find somebody perfect for you, maybe a doctor or somebody. And as that scene's ending, Leslie says, well, real quick, I don't want to date a twin. I've been tricked before, oh. um, which is great. And there are, are several times where Leslie shares some terrible dates. And uh, so I'm excited to uh, talk more about those in the future. Um, and then Tom offers to help Ron find an assistant. And uh, as he's doing this, Ron destroys all the phones. That's what I wrote down in my notes. Ron destroys <laughs> all phones. <laughs> I don't know about all phones. He he definitely ripped his phone out of the wall because it rang. It just rang. Right. That was its only crime doing its job. <laughs> right. Because he's just so sick of the public. And then yeah. his cell phone rings and he smashes that with a hammer. And Ron, and Tom says, "What? how do you know that wasn't your friend? He's like, my friends know I have a strict no call policy. <laughs> so it's like, why do you have this phone? Um, also, so, Tom, Tom, I don't know if we've been keeping track, but if this is the start or it's happened before, but this is where Tom, Tom calls him, uh, Ron solo. So I know that they, Tom has pet names for everybody, like little nicknames, but they change. Mm-hmm. So, right. I liked Ron yeah. solo. Ron solo is a good one. And, uh, yeah, so there will be more of those. Uh, this, I don't think this was the first time, but, um, yeah, the, the way this path goes for finding Ron an assistant when, and Tom's help is very much Tom Haverford. And sure. so it's not a major plot point, but let's just talk about Tom real quick. Cause he gets applicants and instead of asking them anything about their experience or their jobs, the first question he asks is like, which tie should I wear to a, uh, a, a club opening? Club, club opening. Yeah. And, uh, and he's holding up two ties that are yellowish. And he's like, I don't know. I like the applicants. Like I like the one on the right. And he's like, wrong answer. And he pulls a purple tie from his pocket in his coat. And he's like, it should have been this one. He's like, I didn't know that one existed. Um, so it's like, I, you're not going to work. Another one he asks, um, you know, if I meet a girl at a club and she gives me her number, what do I text to her the next day? And, uh, and he, the guy says it was a great meeting. He's like, no. I don't text her for eight weeks. And then I say, what's cracking? Um, so we're leaning, learning more and more about Tom in all of this. Um, we, but should also, have known, we should have known when he volunteered. Like Tom doesn't volunteer for work. We should, no. I mean, season two, we're early in the series. Tom volunteered. We should have known something was up. Yeah. Tom is trying to uh, find somebody who's really actually going to do uh, his work for him, if anything but also try to raise Tom's social profile uh, more than do anything for the Parks Department. So uh, one of the interesting things, though, is as Tom is doing all this stuff and talking to these people about getting a girl's phone number at a club, uh, you know, he got divorced, but he's still wearing his wedding ring. It's true. And so it's one of those things where it's like Tom is having a hard time and he's trying to to figure out where he belongs in this world. So... Mm. His, his place in this world, as it were. Yeah. I mean, he's a big he's looking, Michael B. Smith fan. Looking for a reason. <laughs> Roaming through the night to find. His face in this world. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, Ron destroys all the phones. So, that's one path that we go down as Tom tries <laughs> to find stick with it. All the phones. All the phones went yeah. down in this. 
Yeah. Um, and then Anne comes in and she's like, I found the perfect guy for you. Uh, and she's carrying a vial of blood. And April's, and Leslie's like, is that hit the, this guy's blood? It's like, no, dang it. Now I got to go back to work. Um, and so she's setting him up with a an MRI technician named Chris, who she thinks is going to be great. Um, and and so April, Leslie's like, all right, let's do this. This is going to be fun. Um, and she's like, how will I know? How will she know? How will he know what I look like? Should I wear a red hat? Have a red rose? Like I don't have any of those things, and, and it's just so practical. I'll just tell him what you look like. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So then it cuts to the restaurant, and uh, they start eating. And right away, it's uh, really awkward. And the date, Chris, is played by Will Arnett, also known as Lego Batman, also mm-hmm. known as the uh, the beloved Job on Parks, uh, not Parks, on Arrested Development. Um, also known as uh, Amy Poehler's ex-husband. Yeah. So that was, it was shortly after this. I feel like they, they broke up. Um, so I remember watching it and going like, oh, those two are actually married. And they've been in other stuff where they were the love interests, even in Arrested Development. Um, you know, they've played this way before. Um, and then shortly after this episode of Parks and Rec, they ended their marriage. Wow. Blades Sadly. of Glory. Didn't they play brother and sister in that? They were in Blades of Glory. Um, and their characters were romantically interested in each other, according to IMDb. Okay. But I have not seen that movie in a long time. But I do love that movie. It is very funny. When Will Ferrell is talking about his hairbrush, he <laughs> says to Napoleon Dynamite, I don't think I could love a human baby as much as I love this brush. <laughs> that that made me laugh real hard in the theater. So, and the trick that they're trying to do, I think it's so deadly, it cut off the North Korean's head. head. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just thinking about it now. That's a really funny movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that ice skaters have stalkers. <laughs> yes. Nick Swardson. Nick I'm going to wear your skin. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wear your skin as a mask. <laughs> yeah, that's a good classic. movie. Classic. Um, yeah. So Jenna, but, Jenna Fisher from The Office. So it all comes around. That's the link to the two Office Parks and Rec world, right there. Perfect. I knew you'd find a way. I yep. I knew you'd find a way. Jenna so, Fisher plays Pam. That's Pam for people is, who don't know. In the office. In the office. Yeah. Beasley. Mm-hmm. And Halpert. Same person. Pam Beasley Halpert. I think it's Beasley for a while, and then she just changes it to Halpert. I don't think she's hyphenated or no. the thing where sometimes a the bride drops her middle name and her maiden name becomes her middle name. Mm-hmm. That's a we weird have, thing that happens sometimes. We have so. years till we get to that point, so. Yeah. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, so the at the date, right away... Um, they're, st- they're talking, and um, he's like, yeah, I went to Wisconsin. Go Badgers. And Leslie's like, no, boo, go Hoosiers. He's like, no, Badgers. <laughs> so uh, that's strike one in their relationship. And and Will Arnett, or Chris, says this, like, ah, strike one. Um, and then the uh, she's always, they keep talking. He's like, so Ann told me you're in charge of amusement parks. That must be fun. It's like, no, just regular parks. I was like, oh, strike two. <laughs> <laughs> So he's making it awkward right away. And uh, and then he's like, he points it out. I was like, oh man, I made this whole thing really awkward. Um, he's like, 
let's start over. I'm going to try to put out this fire with my fingertips on the candle. And so he's like, tries to pinch the candle. Like he's a super cool dude and he burns his fingers. And then he's like, ah, I need ice. And he puts his fingers in Leslie's water, uh, to cool down the burn that he gave himself because he's a complete doofus. Um, yeah. yeah. Any, any other things from that dinner experience that stood out to you? No, that that's all of the things. All right. Um, Although I think this is the fanciest restaurant. Like, isn't this the one where when Leslie goes on the date with the old guy, it's the same restaurant, right? I think so. Yeah. I think they, have they like one restaurant. They have like, one. Yeah, they have nineteen news outlets, but one one restaurant. Well, I mean, For, nice restaurant. Yeah, they have a couple bars. Yeah, JJ's um, Diner. But this yeah. probably isn't the same restaurant where we just saw Dexart either. So you know. They they have more than one diner. That restaurant, that's fine. I'm glad that's fine with you. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, so they uh cuts back. Mark and Anne are gonna watch Marley and me. Oh um yeah. There's a happy and Leslie, movie. Leslie calls. Uh yeah, you know, I wonder if it's a sign to us about the nature of their relationship. Because yeah, they it will die. Can never have um, dogs. Yeah. Um, they can never have dogs. Uh, so the, uh, so Leslie calls and like, ah, this is really weird. This is awkward. I don't really like this very much. Um, and she's like, well, stick with it. Uh, wait, I got ahead. Justin calls. That's Justin's calling there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mark's like, who's that? It's Justin. Oh yeah. Cool. Or, did you guys date? And, like they get in, this starts a bit of a argument in their household about um, the nature of Anne's relationship with Justin. Mm. It's never been romantic, never dated, but they are, uh, it seems like from Mark's perspective that Anne is saving Justin for a future relationship for herself. And that is messed up. No, you can't do that. Yeah. And this is one of those times where I'm like, Mark, you're the voice of, of reason. You're the voice of wisdom. And uh, I don't have to look at your face for much longer. Uh, so, because other than this episode, he's kind of the worst. <laughs> oh, he still is. He still is yeah. in this he's, episode. What? He's the one who's right in this episode. Yeah, for a little while. But then he does something coming up that just is like beyond. It's beyond evil. Just, just keep going. Keep going. Okay. All right. Uh, so this is where it cuts to Tom interviewing the candidates. He's doing a terrible job, but it goes back to dinner. And uh, Chris is like, hey, did you see the matrix? I was like, yeah, it's like 90% real. And uh, so 99% real. So we're seeing more and more evidence that Chris is a crazy person. Um, and then Leslie's like, so tell me about being an MRI technician. He's like, oh, it's great. You can see inside everything. Like I could see that guy over there. I could look inside of him. Inside this bread, I could look inside this bread, uh, unless like, well, it'd just be more bread. And she rips it open, like, see, more bread. It's like there could be cheese inside that bread. Um, so he's super awkward, and this is one of the things that Will Arnett does really well: make things really awkward. And uh, even that Lego show that you guys like, <laughs> that you guys like, <laughs> I do like that show. I like everything about it except for Will Arnett. I really liked Will Arnett in Arrested Development. After that, the whole like once he starts playing the whole egomaniac and every single thing, it gets old. And then it's like you just are you are that you are you this way? And then you're you like, you are ah. Job. 
yeah, you are. It's like, well, maybe, now maybe it's just kind of sad. So, right. Anyway. Yeah, we should feel bad for him. I guess. Um, At least he gets to look inside bread. <laughs> that would be a very expensive thing that chewing would solve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need to look inside this. Um, I can just Holly- chew it. He's a big Hollywood actor. Maybe that's his hobby. Big time. He's got his own MRI machine like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, wait, so wait, Tom, Tom Cruise has his own MRI machine. I think so. I've heard the rumors. Mi- the Mr. I machine. <laughs> yes. Did you watch Spaceballs with uh, your kids yet? I have, uh, not, no, not with the kids. Okay. Because the Mr. Coffee and Mr. Mr. Coffee. Radar. <laughs> <laughs> they, jammed, they jammed the radar. <laughs> oh, such a good show. Uh, so this is where Leslie says, I've never even had an MRI. And Chris is like, are you kidding me? Oh, man, we got to fix that. And so he offers to give Leslie an MRI for free. What? And that's like $2,000. Yeah. yeah, it's that's what he says. This is like $2,000. <laughs> um, and so they go to the hospital to do the MRI. And uh, Chris, to the, the Pawnee Diagnostic Imaging Center. Because they okay. showed the sign. No, I'm just saying, yeah. like, once again, Pawnee has its own. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> so they have their own, like, not just like a medical clinic, but like no. specifically diagnostic imaging, which is a, you know, it's an expensive endeavor. Sure. And so they either got a great grant from a local university, uh, something, but it, how they have all this stuff, we'll never, never know. Um, and so <laughs> as he's talking about it, he's like, um, he says, uh, I don't want to invest in someone who's only has three months to live. Like he's <laughs> he's doing this not just for fun. He's like, I want to know if you're actually healthy. Like, she oh, she like she chuckles. <laughs> she chuckles and it's like, oh. And she's like, oh, you're you're serious. Right. And then as she gets in, he's like, try not to move, try not to smile too much. Sometimes smiling is diagnosed as AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> so I I am not an MRI technician, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. Maybe it is um, in the matrix. I don't know. It's 99% real. And uh, and so then it cuts back to Tom interviewing another candidate. And he's like, listen, I'm like Rod Blagojevich. I got a job here and it's worth gold. And so he's trying to... You don't uh, just give that away. Yeah. He's trying to leverage this assistant to a small town parks department job. Um, and like it's like super valuable. So, um, And then it comes back to Chris and Leslie. And Chris keeps talking and asking questions like, you got to stop moving. Every time Leslie answers, like, you, please don't move. Please stop moving. I told um, you a thousand and, times. <laughs> yeah, I told you a thousand times. Um, and then he's like, Leslie, have you, had, have you ever been pregnant? He's like, no. Well, you got a great oven. <laughs> so awkward. And, uh, right off the bat. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. I, I love the little callbacks in this show. And that, Little line there. Here's a spoiler. I'm assuming if you've watched, if you're listening to this, you've already watched Parks and Rec. But later, it will be revealed that Leslie will indeed have triplets. Dun dun dun. Foreshadowing. Yeah. So, because triplets are pending doom, I would imagine it seems like a lot of work. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought those start right away. I just thought that was super fun. How here jokingly he's like, you could have triplets right off the bat, and uh and then later they do so good job leslie someone's paying attention in the writing stuff right yes uh and then leslie this is where leslie calls in is like this guy's crazy this isn't working 
uh, and then apologizes. And she's like, I don't, I didn't really know him very well. I was like, then why did you set me up? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, he, you seem nice. He seems nice. And so then they go back and they're watching the, uh, the scan. They're looking at the scan and Chris is like, oh, this, you gotta, this could be bad. And he's look, putting at the brain. He's like, you better get that checked out. And Leslie is like worried because, you know, she could, this is terrible news. Something's wrong in her brain. And then he's just like, oh, wait. And he wipes off the a smudge on the uh, on the screen. He's like, well, good. It's just a smudge or something. You're a good smudge thing. away from being wheeled out of here in a chair. <laughs> Thank God I was here. <laughs> Could you imagine drinking steak through a straw the rest of your life? Uh, yeah. So he's terrible and claiming credit for things that uh, he had nothing to do with. So. Um, so then Perfect. Mark and Ann cuts back. Mark and Ann are fighting about Justin and Ann trying to save him for himself. Um, and as Leslie and Chris are leaving the hospital, Leslie's just like, look, I don't think uh, we should see each other ever again. And, and Chris is like, oh, I see. You just want to get your free MRI and get out of the relationship. I see how it is. Um, and so they're breaking up, but then he gets into her car yeah. and <laughs> she's like, oh, that's right. I drove here. I must not be that great of a tech. I didn't realize you didn't have a heart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so terrible. So bad. Um, So. uh, But when when Mark and Ann are are watching the movie and then that's when the whole thing comes out that he's saving, like Mark figures out like you're saving him for yourself. Why wouldn't you set him up with him with, with Leslie? And then they get into a fight. And he gets up and he just says, by the way, the dog dies in the end and then leaves. Right. Completely spoils the movie. And that right there is the height of villainy in my mind. Like that's one of the top things you just can't do to someone. Spoil movies. It's, it's mean. You can't, you can't undo that. That's yeah, the worst. No, he that's did that on purpose and, yeah, and as spiteful, like just. Right. The worst. Now, if someone were to do that in real life on accident. Like, are you still saying they're the worst? I would say they aren't. They're they're very they're not self aware. I mean, you need to. <laughs> you talk about movies. It's it's a thing. It's like talking about taxes and or, or religion and politics. You don't you don't spoil the end of movies. You gotta make, you gotta read the room. You gotta make sure everybody has seen it before you so talk. You don't want to spoil the end of religion. Well, no, I no. got it. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> or politics. I mean, hey. <laughs> oh please, somebody tell me how this ends. <laughs> Somebody, I, I just need to know. Uh, I read a study. All right. Speaking of, of spoilers, I read a study that people who um, go into a movie blind, they're fine with it. Twist. Great. But if you tell people like a, like a majority of people like, hey, this is what happens. They actually end up enjoying the movie more. I, I don't believe that. Because they know what's happening. And so they're, they're op- able to pay attention differently so like if you knew in the sixth sense that Haley joel osmond was dead the whole time and or not not that bruce willis was dead the whole time mm-hmm. if you knew before it would have been a different movie it would have been a different movie oh, but you would one, have noticed things um actually that was true he was dead the whole time what oh yeah, no that's right that's right yeah Haley joel osmond wasn't dead he wasn't bruce dead. willis was dead Haley joel yeah. osmond could see dead people Bruce Willis wait, being wait, one of what? those dead people. Yeah. And then also in Lady in the Water, uh, it turns out all those people in that hotel, they all work together to 
bring conclusion to the story at the end. I don't, I mean, all there for a reason. Okay. I get it. But at the same time, and then also in the happening, you fell asleep because that movie was terrible. That was the point of it. Yeah. The wind, the wind will kill you. No, basically (laughs) I listen, the filmmaker wanted it to be a certain way. And if they wanted to withhold information, they, they could have just said like, at the beginning of The Sixth Sense, like, oh, he's dead the whole time. Now pay attention and see how this is going to work. Like, that's not the point. The point but is that's to be what he surprised. did. Ugh, I know, but not. <laughs> but nobody knew that going in. And that's, that was the point of it. <laughs> but if you were just paying attention at the very beginning, you could you could have seen that. But then you get to pay a, to another ticket. Like you get to buy another ticket to go watch it again to then go see it. It's all marketing, man. You got it. You're going to yeah. break the system. If those I felt movies, really bad. You don't make money. For, they don't make movies. They'll make movies. <laughs> They're still making movies. The money's. They'll they'll still make the movies. Uh, I was going to go see Lincoln when it came out, but spoilers. Twelve, 12 <laughs> years how, of history classes <laughs> told me how that story ends. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh! Know. There's there's a local lawyer who set, does um, DUI commercials. <laughs> yeah. And, do you know who I'm talking about on the radio? <clears throat> on the radio? Uh, no. I yeah, was DUI, the- DUI away. Anyway. And oh, yeah, talk- yeah, yeah. And one of them was, um, did you know that, you know, putting a penny under your tongue doesn't do anything? The, the DUI machines are sophisticated technology. And, and besides, it's just going to make you look like an idiot. And hasn't Lincoln been through enough? <laughs> I was like, that, that's a great, that's a great joke. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, he's been shot. That's amazing on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. Like, first of all, <laughs> was that ever a thing people were actually trying to do? Like, oh yeah, are, he's talking about a, if you put a penny in your tongue, you could trick a bl- breathalyzer that into malfunctioning so they couldn't get a proper reading that was the the um old wives tale that i'd heard growing up like when that's you're in so high, sc- high school and stuff yeah that's the dumbest thing yeah put oh, a penny man, that's tongue. really funny hasn't yeah. lincoln been through enough <laughs> it's good <laughs> all right where are we um Leslie's last date. Um, oh, can you pick up my kid at basketball? Chris asks Leslie right. as he gets into her car. And then, um, so the next day, Justin gets Leslie the documents. Yeah. Okay. But before the documents happen, Mark shows up and asks Andy about Justin. And he's like, hey, did Ann ever talk to you about a guy named Justin? Like, oh, yeah, I hate Justin. He's the worst. Right. And so right away, like Mark is like, all right, I came to you for advice because you seem like the most logical person to talk to in this situation. But then Andy, he says, don't tell Ann I talked to you. And then Andy immediately goes and talks to Ann. Ann Perkins. (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself. The way you're treating Mark, it's terrible. Uh, And so they start talking and he's like, all right, Ann, here here it is. You got to choose me. It's me or Justin. Yeah. And uh, and she's like, wait, I'm dating Mark. It's like, ah, I almost got you. But, but so, I like that too, because April was right there. And, and she was like, did you do something bad? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like April not liking, not liking Anne has been going on for a very long time. So, right. Um, so, so yeah. So then Justin brings the paperwork and Leslie's like, wow, this is great. He uses the F word frivolous. Uh, in and the the letter of suit, um, and so they are uh, excited, and they're wrapping up the meeting. And he's leaving, and Donna is impressed by everything about Justin. And uh, he's like, she's like, why don't you like 
go after this guy. It's like, I want to go after that guy, but Anne's being real weird about it. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then Tom comes in with, uh, with a wonderful suggestion for Ron's new assistant. And this is where we meet for the first time, John Ralphio. And he is amazing. He's all swagger and no substance. Totally. And uh, he will come back many more times throughout this series. Um, and he is one of my favorite parts of this whole show. Is, Agreed. Is how ridiculous he is. Um, he's like, yeah, he's just great. And so right away, Ron is like, I hate this. This guy's everything I want. And when he, when John Ralphio leaves, he's like, he tells Tom, bring me the opposite of that. I want to, I want to punch, punch you, you in the face. face. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, so Tom's like, okay, I get it. All right. And uh, then it cuts back to the shoe shine place and somebody comes up and Andy's CDs are there. They're playing it. And he's like, oh, what kind of music this? A guy comes up, he's like, what kind of music is this? And April's like, it's the best. You need to listen to this. It's so good. Uh, and you should buy it. It's really, really popular. She's overselling Mouse Rat, but the guy buys a CD and Andy's like, I like when you hang out here. And then it cuts right to April to saying, going into Ron's office and saying, I want to be your assistant. And I love Ron's response. Like, you hate it here. And April's just like, so do you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I'll she's make, like, I won't. Sure, yeah, you don't have to go to any meetings. I'll scare yeah. people away. Right. And everything, everything that Ron wants an assistant. And uh, April is promising to do that. And right away, Tom comes in trying to ask you know, her, his opinion of what the assistant should do. And April just closes the door on him. And Ron's like, you're hired. So <laughs> I love to. Clearly, oh, go ahead. Well, clearly this is because now April's like, all right, Andy is noticing me. I want to yeah. be in Andy's life. He's awesome. And if I stay here, I'll be, have more reason to be with Andy. So, yeah. Yeah. And you said, I also. Oh, I was just going to say, I like when the guy was asking, well, what kind of music is it? And he's like, it's rock and roll. It's fast, smooth, handsome rock. <laughs> Handsome rock. <laughs> Handsome rock. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so then Anne comes and, uh, she's, you know, confronted the truth of the way she has been acting with Justin and Leslie and Mark and she feels bad. So she comes in and hands Leslie a piece of paper and it is a prescription for somebody else. And she's like, dang it. And then she gives her a different piece of paper that has a, um, an appointment a date where the, where Leslie and Mark, not Mark, Leslie and Justin can meet and have dinner. Uh, and so that's, that's cool. That's fun. Uh, and then Anne goes to Mark's office to apologize. Uh, and, uh, and Mark accepts the apology and says, listen, I rented deep district nine and you can spoil the end of that for me. And he's like, he hugs her. And then whispers something. He's like, oh man, what? And he's like, yeah, dark ending, right? So, well, maybe yeah. maybe she'll enjoy it more now when they watch it. Maybe. I, I actually have District 9 on my DVR. And I have not watched it yet. Oh, it's, I've had I, it for like two years. It's a very good movie. That's what I hear. I just have yeah. never been in the mood for, uh, for whatever this dark ending is. South African Alien Insects. Directed by Neil Blomkamp. It's a yeah, yeah. it's a great film. I've I've heard all these things. They look kind mm-hmm. of like uh like shrimp, is what I understand. Yeah, they they call them that in the in the movie. Yeah. That's it's like a slur. Oh, whoops. Sorry, dudes. Yeah. 
I like to when I, Ape... Oh, go ahead. Well, I just feel bad now. Oh, well, they've been trapped under DVR for two years, so you should... I like when April, when they, when she says like, you're hired and it does, it cuts to the, like April's talking head and she goes, what, what I figure I might as well get paid while I'm working here as an in- intern. So it's like, even, even when she, even when she gets like, we know why she's staying like the camera, but she still won't admit it. Like she won't say, mm-hmm. you know, Andy. So I don't know. Right. But yeah. the camera knows the camera sees. We see. We know. The camera sees. So, um, yeah. So then Leslie goes and meets Justin for dinner. And mm-hmm. my phone, I typoed the note. It says Justine, like Justin, like I-N-G. J-U-S-T-I-N-G. Justine. Um, I don't know what that means. but uh, And then the it's, credit scene. April's J- hired. Jason Bateman's sister. Justine Bateman. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, that's totally what I meant. Uh, and then the credit scene, April is hired. She's sitting out at a desk outside Ron's door and Jerry is not happy about this. Yeah. Um, and he wants to go and talk to Ron and April's like, what are you doing? You need to make an appointment. He's not here right now. And you can see Ron like at the window staring at Jerry. He's like, he's right there. Jerry's (laughs) angry because April just got hired and he's got a bigger desk and she's got a bigger desk than him. Right. (laughs) Which is great. It's like so on point as to Jerry's character. Like he can't, he can't win. He's been there how many years? And then April's like, and then (laughs) she gets the giant desk. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's so good. And like, she's not doing anything. And like Ron is standing right there and, and Jerry's like, I can see he's not busy. I can see he's here. And she's like, he's not in. I'll tell you when he's available. (laughs) And, (laughs) and so Jerry walks away and like, it's like, I think this is when April broke Jerry. Like, oh right like that's it like this is it like he's like i can't oh, fine, win whatever i can't yeah. win at this this department uh and so and ron is pleased by uh, april's defensive scheduling so yeah at a girl yeah at a girl it's so good and you can hear him you can hear him through the window yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he heard everything jerry said too so it's like yes he could have come out what do you need jerry nope <laughs> He needed the taxpayers' money to protect him from the taxpayers. And the first taxpayers are his very employees. Right. So, yeah. So, it just, it's so perfect. The way we introduce Ron in this episode, he hands stuff off and retreats. And now he is in his shelter of an office. So, it's so good. What he wants. Yeah. So good. So, um, yeah. Uh, there were a couple things. Uh, I pointed out that Tom was still wearing his wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Um, the triplets thing. Yeah. All right. That's all the, that's all the trivia that I had on this episode. So yeah. Anything else that stood out to you for the setup? Um, just, this was a, this was a really fun episode. I mean, it was really well written. A lot of things came back from the beginning, um, to the end of the actual episode and yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so we got to see a lot of the characters. Everybody got a line. At least we got introduced to John Ralphio for the first time. Who's fantastic. Um, April got to be super sarcastic. Andy got to be goofy, you know, so we really got all of the the parks and rec flavor in this one episode so yeah it was a great great episode concur what did it it get on imdb like at eight one or something eight point one yeah yeah next week well earned yeah next week is leslie's house and that's an (laughs) 8.0 and uh you know i i i think i 
would put Leslie's house higher than this one. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Well, there's I don't know how 8.0 got got rated here, but there's no accounting for bad taste. So that's great because that's in next week's episode. That's oh, a forward is. promotion, folks. Oh, there you go. So yeah, smart. Um. Oh my gosh, that one is. Oh, we meet Barney. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So yeah, see what's happening in this season as we meet all of these Pawneeans. Yes. Like they come back over and over and over again, and it's so great. Even the the lady who who will do the cooking at next in next week's episode. Yeah, like she's the one who runs Sue's salad, and everybody hates salads in Pawnee. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so good. So you and I, you and I talked about this a long time ago about how this show, among I mean, there's a lot of shows out there, but this is one of the shows that has some of the best like tertiary characters like the 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 people that kind of filter in and out from the community because leslie and ron and and even most of the office are probably their primaries you got don and donna and jerry as kind of secondary ones and then there's all of these crazy characters that they just keep bringing back and they're so well written they have their own lives i mean barney barney is awesome like he his he kind of has his own arc in a sense like it's great. And so there, I, I just don't think when we talked about this a long time ago, there aren't a lot of shows that do that. I know like Seinfeld had some really great characters and yeah, this is one of the reasons why like I really like Parks and Rec is not just the main cast, but all of the, the awesome, the well-written side characters. Right. Yeah. I, I it's a town. Yeah. And they, they do a good job of making it actually feel like a town. And in the a couple of weeks ago, I had a reason to pay attention to a city council meeting. Um, okay. In our in, in the real world, and uh, and so I was watching this meeting, and I was just like, man, some of these guys could be in Pawnee, <laughs> right? Some of yeah. these people could really, they really would fit right in because there's all kinds of crazy. So. Yeah, and that and that's in the normal world. And then you tack on the the point that Pawnee in and of itself is kind of defies its own like regular logic, like the people. So when you introduce characters who want to be thrown into a lake because of tradition, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that that's something. Right. But you know, like we've said before, we also have a guy who measures the temperature and cut off jeans in Edmond. So it, every day, every day. So it they're out there, and it's great. And I think it makes if you like if you like a show for that. Look for them out in the world because they're there and it makes it more interesting. I mean, be careful because you don't know which one might be a psycho, but you know, they all might be. Um, yeah. Can I tell a funny story? Please. Not about punny, but just about being in the world and mm-hmm. seeing people. Um, so <laughs> I've, I've been jogging in the morning. I'm sorry. Um, well, I've been doing it because my wife is a great cook and I could either <laughs> not eat the things she cooks or exercise and eat the things she cooks. You so, made the wise choice. I did. Um, yeah. She's always amazed. And I'm like, no, everything you make is good. And she's like, really? I'm like, I'm eating it. So yes. Um, and uh, so I, I, I go jogging on the same loop basically every day um, when it's not raining. And yesterday in the afternoon, I was walking my dogs. Um, and so I was off my normal schedule, but it was not raining. So I was like, okay, the dogs need to get out. They need to walk. It's going to be great. So I'm walking down the street and I, uh, it's a neighborhood called wood trails Mm -hmm. and I am walking down the hill there and a car like pulls behind me and slows down. And right away I'm like, I'm going to get shot by a paintball again. Um, 
because it, Again? it's happened to me. Yeah. So, um, but instead, and I'm listening to podcasts on my AirPods. And so like, I, I'm not like, I don't really want to have a conversation with anybody, but they stop like right there. And when they roll the window down and this lady's like, do your dogs not like to run? I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you're the guy who runs every morning, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I do. And like, why don't you bring your dogs? Like, oh yeah. Uh, this is all weird. <laughs> You're that guy. You're that guy to that lady. I'm that guy. And so now like, so he's, I was like, I have two dogs. I have a big dog and a little dog. Big dog could run all day. Little dog, no interest in running whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Barely any interest in walking. Like she will go up the hill from our house and then like, is that enough? Um, so yeah, it kind of a drag. Yeah. She literally is a drag. <laughs> there are times where we are dragging her. So I'm getting her rollerblades. Um, and uh, yeah, so like there are people out in the world that you're just like, what is your story? You know, and so I think I might be for that lady. What's his story? I see him all the time. What's his story? And it's just like, I'm just running because I, I want to eat more biscuits. Uh, so <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. But people people so now, will like, never know that. Like, <laughs> no. So they're going to make up their own story. And it's like, I, he's been running a lot, but he's not losing any weight. Maybe he has a, an, a, an affliction. So this is not, this is as funny, but my, one of my very good friends, Dave, um, adopted three kids from Haiti and they, they don't, um, they're all black. He's white. And he would take them all three of them in a stroller with his small dog, Mac. And he would walk the Edmonds waterfront like every day, every day. And all I'm saying is Dave is a fantastic person, but if you look at him, you're just going, what's his story? What's, what's going on here? Why, right. why this yeah. guy at, at 1030 in the afternoon, three, three beautiful kids and a dog just walking the Edmonds waterfront and I could go on, but yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. There are interesting people out there for sure. For sure. So I think that's one of the things that I love about what they do in Pawnee is like, these people are in your town. Mm-hmm. But you've got to pay attention. And if right. you want amazing stories, if you want to like interact with the the world, like get out there, pay attention, see what's going on. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's yeah, your homework love- till next episode. There you go. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Go outside and don't get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a good way to end it. All right. Sounds All good. Right. All right. Okay, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.